Last week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we watched Season 4, Episode 3 of Poldark. In that episode, Ross went off to London to serve in Parliament. He's doing great there, but he missed home, so he came back home after being there for several months. Uh, and he was there to save Thali from getting beat up for, for cheating with a woman somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, Rowella showed up again to tease uh, Whitworth. Morwenna's not doing great. You know, but George, he's doing really well. He's got a plan to get back into Parliament and serve again. And we'll catch up on that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. back again with Poldark Season 4, Episode 4. How's it going, Corey? Doing great. Doing just fine. How about you, Dave? Good, good. I think the, that enthusiasm, what are you, happy the, the, the funeral's over? We, you know, we can lay the queen to rest and move forward. Is it over? I think there's a queue still going on, right? People just waiting in line <laughs> for the next few weeks. I saw that the McDonald's closed and that People were taking days off work to see. I mean, people at hospitals had to take time off work to observe, which is like there, there was a huge uh, outcry over that because uh, those people need help more than uh, the queen needs help being put to rest. I think. Um, I don't yeah. know. It's not here here for us to, to make a, <laughs> any choices or thoughts on that. Well, I got some news for everyone who's taking some time off. She's not coming back, so you can see her later. <laughs> You're going to be resting down below for a long time. I don't know. You never know. Give it some time. She may come. Yeah, knowing her, and Prince Philip might drive her out of wherever she is in the afterlife and make her come back. Or or even just, you know, maybe Charles is so bad at his job that she needs to come back. Yeah, she. they give her, it's like a wrestling return. Her yeah. music hits. But right now, Charles is in charge. Indeed, indeed. And but, similar to that whole kind of break and everything going on, I can say there's absolutely nothing to report in the world of Downton, The Crown, or Gilded Age, or any of the shows that we have watched on this podcast. There, there is nothing going on to report. There was that article that I put in the Lords of Grantham Lounge about Matt Smith. What did he say? That uh, Prince Harry called him dad or something like that? Oh, not Prince Harry. Uh, the, the one who's actually the, the prince, that Prince William. Oh, Prince Charles. Or, oh, Prince William, Prince William. Prince William, yeah. Prince Charles, I don't think, paid attention to it. Yeah, I don't think Prince Charles would would look that way. And the Queen yeah. used to watch the crown on a projector. Hmm. That's what they say. I mean, you hear all these stories. And it was They said that she only watched, like, the first season or something and just laughed at all the, the inconsistencies. <laughs> but If you're, like, a 90-something-year-old person and they make a TV show about you, that's got to be pretty wild i know it's not the first time they've made a piece of art about her art (laughs) i mean just thinking like if they made a tv show later on of us and it just starts with us meeting when we're age four like how do they even tackle that like (laughs) because they already have to have an arc in place so what was it like you're you're the aggressor and i'm just like (laughs) a a fat kid who's who doesn't know any better (laughs) hey 
And here we are now. And here we are now. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that show. Uh, that that should I feel like that should be some sort of like big auction prize. Give some random person a Netflix show based on their life. People watch anything these days. Well, I mean, you know, not to jump ahead and not to waste too much of people's times, but I mean, we watched Love Is Blind, and and that came back with the After the Altar episodes. One of the cast members just published a book on their life, Deep Tea. She literally just posted, published a book about her life. And before this year, no one knew who she was. I, I don't, I mean, people, she's fine. She's, she seems nice stuff. Why does she get a book? Who knows? If Dave and I could get a TV show, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I guess we oh, just got to All these podcasters have books. Love is blind. All we have to do <laughs> is just have transcripts of our podcast. The, the Sopranos guys just literally put their podcast in print and sold it as a book. It's a New York Times bestseller. Well, what's the audio version of that? It's the podcast. Oh, yeah, it's just the actual <laughs> yeah. podcast. No, they yeah. should have them re-record it. Yeah. Well, enough uh, Dilly Dallying. I think we need to get to, to Pole Dark this week. Uh, season 4, Episode 4. Not the most upbeat episode, Dave. Nope. I will admit I was wrong about the big plot. I accept, you know, I, I own up to being wrong. Please recap for our listeners what you are wrong about exactly. I said that this was a show that would not spend too much time on infant mortality. And it would move on. (laughs) Little did you know. (laughs) Line them up. (laughs) Brian Kelly knocks them down. Debbie Horsfield, the writer of this episode. another, Another baby gone. Halfway through this episode, you could be forgiven for thinking... Oh no, the baby's going to take a turn. It's it's going to come back as as soon as he lets uh, Caroline know about the condition, and she shows attention to the baby. It'll start to improve, and Dwight will get better. No, <laughs> it takes a harder turn. That baby is gone. And they like mimic the whole style of when uh, Ross and Demelza lose their baby, and the way that Dwight carries the casket and everything. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're jumping the gun, but it is kind of a fairly simple subplot here where. The baby continues to be unhealthy. It's got a cough. Dwight con- confides in Ross and says, don't tell Demelza because she can't keep a, a, a piece of confidential information to herself and don't tell Carolyn. And I, I love how in that scene he he tells Ross, don't tell Demelza. He tells him twice <laughs> to be sure. And then he doesn't tell Demelza. It was such a funny way of him just being like, you can't, you can't tell her. And, I don't think it's because he fears how Demelza would take it. It's more so because he fears of it getting back to Caroline, and it doesn't get mm-hmm. back to Caroline. <laughs> no. Well, then he winds up telling Caroline himself, and and she doesn't believe him at first. She's like, "What? Are, no." It's like he's like, "I'm a doctor. <laughs> I want to lie about these things. I I know what I'm seeing here. This, this baby has got a regular heartbeat. Believe me, Caroline." But if you told me that a baby had an irregular heartbeat, and it was. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, it's going to die tomorrow. I'd be like, all right, well, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you say so, Doc, can we get Dr. Choke to check on this baby? Hey, you know, we got to give it up to Dr. Choke. He, second opinion, Dr. Choke over here. Yeah. He comes uh, in in a different subplot of this episode. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode, it's pretty Dwight-centric. Mm-hmm. And... The way he carries himself this episode, the you know the way that uh, Luke Norris plays Dwight this episode, he's a sad sack. He, he's just a walking corpse the entire time. 
Yeah, uh, he feels bad that he took that oath to be a doctor, that every time something bad happens, he has to go handle it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so funny, too, when, when he confides in Ross, and Ross is like, what can I do? And it's like, and Ross says in a way, like, he's capable of doing something, and it's like, Ross, in this situation, there's actually nothing you can do. This Just time relax, around. bud. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. It, Enjoy the health of your kids. Yeah. And and the thing is, Caroline says, you know, she she's taking a turn with this child. She's coming around to liking it. She she didn't like her child for, for too long, but nope. And she's got a cough. She has a cold. And Dwight has a hard time telling her, but the baby's dying. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a joke. The baby is dying. And so Ross goes to visit Dwight. Sarah, the child, she's ill. And <laughs> Dwight is offering up brandy. Uh, you know, Caroline walks in. She overhears Ross talking about it. She's like, yeah, I know the child's ill. I'm not going to drink any brandy. Does it look like this is time to drink? Yeah, it's like, is this a happy time, Mr. Dwight? Well, she always and, calls him Dr. Ennis. Yeah, that's her thing. And She doesn't, she never calls him Dwight. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great name. It doesn't roll off the tongue exactly. Uh, you get used <laughs> okay. to it if it's your spouse. Dwight. No, that, that, I don't know how you can turn, make that turn to something appealing. Hey, the office hasn't come out yet at this point in history. Mm-hmm. So Dwight has less of a connection. Sure. But even Caroline's like, I can deal with this. This is not good. I can deal with this. Demelza can't. Don't tell Demelza. But Demelza says like the worst news of all time. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Demelza went through the whole child passing away thing, so mm-hmm. totally understand that. And yeah, so the child passes away. They have the funeral. Even George and Elizabeth attend. Dwight cannot keep it together. That is that is some heavy stuff. He is crying. Mm-hmm. It's raining, of course. Oh yeah, his, his baby. He's been dying to be a father. He had baby fever. Yeah, and he feels like, uh, yeah, this is. He feels like crap, and and Caroline, she thinks she failed Dwight that she didn't love this child enough, so she's got to take a vacation to London for a month, exactly a month, just to get her wits about he, her. Then she says probably more than a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Don't don't want to keep you waiting, but you know, just maybe focus on your work. There's a lot of. I like that she she says I can't be around these memories of the baby, but you can. I'll see you. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, and I think we should tie that to a little bit of uh, just the home drama uh, between Ross and Demelza. Mm-hmm. Because we're retreading the same territory here at the beginning where they're saying, like, man, is everything going to stay perfect like this? I mean, Ross is like, why, why can't it? <laughs> you know, Ross we, is like, we, what do you mean? Is, isn't it perfect now? And Demelza's like, she, I don't know. She's afraid of any wind blowing through that could disrupt things. And it, it kind of manifests itself in the baby passing away and them talking on the beach. Uh, and I feel like Ross makes a stretch uh, conclusion here where he says, is she, does she, Sarah passing remind you of Hugh? Which I thought he would say like their child, but no, he goes to Hugh Armitage. <laughs> and nope. uh, she's like, Come on, man. Like, go to London, man. Just leave us alone. Yeah, let her get it together. Um, but of course, that they they mend things. They're they're in a happy state by the time he he rides off. But uh, 
yeah, they bring that up this episode because I think they had time to kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got to keep treading water here with this. Kind of. Right. And on top of that, like, how much time has passed, too? Because it's been months now since probably Hugh Armand has just passed away, considering he's sat sat in there as uh, part of Parliament, and that was another six or nine Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, move on. Uh, Side note, we see Valentine this episode. He's grown up. He's like five years old. Mm-hmm. They're on soap opera speed with these kids. And the adults don't age at all. They, they, they don't age whatsoever, but the, the children are going to be smoking cigs in a couple episodes. Well, I mean, we already see Jeffrey Charles is drinking, so. That, that is very true. But the Poldark kids aren't exponentially older. I feel like they're older, but they're not like. I feel like Valentine is not the age of Jeremy. Is Jeremy the older Poldark kid? Right. There is a different timeline. Yeah, maybe it's that Warligan blood or whatever. Um, uh, well, I guess Elizabeth is not. Well, the, the parentage of, of old Valentine is up in the air. It was being born under that bad moon accelerated his growth. Yeah, I mean, you're making a good point. There should be at least like one Poldark child running around here that has some height on them. Well, maybe they just never put them together. I know that the one episode with the, the St. Saul's Fair with the wrestling match, they have them like playing in the in the field and, and Elizabeth stops them. They're comparable. But Yeah. And Garrick Valentine the dog is has here. A, a beautiful oh. gold mane. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, Garrick Garrick and Horace will outlive all the humans here. Hundred percent. They're on a different timeline entirely uh, for aging. Uh and it's incredible how there's no gray hairs on Ross at all. After all the stress and everything he's been through. Just all the beautiful deaths. black mane. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Does not does not age. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the reverse of things, but why don't we just keep tackling anything with uh, Ross, huh? Yeah, so we're continuing onward, trying to do some mining. And what mm-hmm. we said last week, Ross's master plan to get the job done. And there's a scene of them mining. We got, you know, seven dwarves music playing. Off to work they go. And we see a, a, a nice moment of uh, Ross working with Sam, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to talk to this guy because Sam is praying <laughs> before they mine. And then he's like, "How about that woman you were talking to, Sam? Let's talk about that." <laughs> and, how about and Sam things is that he, real non-religious met. boys like me talk about? Yeah, and Sam's like, "She's making up her mind, man. She'll be coming around anytime." It's like, should be this week. And they have a hearty chuckle about it. Like maybe, maybe not. Maybe she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Uh, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain. Okay. I know this song. I've heard it before. Okay, okay. Uh, but maybe he should have let Sam finish that prayer. <laughs> maybe, because things get a little slippery real quick. Now. Did you think this was what it was, or did you think it was going to be something else? I didn't know what to think. I thought it was just, uh, there was actually going to be, I, th- I did think there was going to be like a flooding. I thought it was going to be oil. Oh, really? I mean, Not I don't know how it works, sea? but when you see, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I thought it was blood. <laughs> just coming through. Could have been. Could have been. But it was, uh, it's water. Yeah. It's flooding. <laughs> 
and, and they, they they sound the alarm like we got to get out of here. We're on level thirty. This is the first flood. Let's go. They're like, well, what uh, about everyone down there? And Ross Zach is like, and, I got this, bro. Yeah, Zachy Bobby, let's go. <laughs> and they're climbing up ladder to get out of there. And I also like they they show a montage of people around the town being alerted. Drake gets alerted. Demelza gets alerted. Dwight gets alerted to it going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, geez, come on, man. Let me have yeah. some time. Yeah, Dwight is just has no time for this, but he's got to show up. And and they're climbing up a ladder, but Bobby slips. But and I don't know who Bobby is. All I don't know is, either. <laughs> Ross is like Bobby. <laughs> like, <laughs> <"Pooh!"> shouts, <laughs> Bobby, and it's like one of the cast members of The Sopranos is down there or something like that. Bobby, King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah. What a name for back. Is that like anachronistic of the time? Was there Bobbies back then? <laughs> I don't. We got Sam and uh, Ozzy. Bobby's fine. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we get Ross uh, trying to save him. Uh, he pu- he pulls him out of there. He's he's underwater for a while. Yeah, and Bo- uh, Bobby Ross gets him in like a fireman's carry uh-huh. up the ladder. He's like, somebody help me! Yeah, he's getting literally waterboarded by nature as mm-hmm. he climbs this ladder with a full-grown man who we've never met on his shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, they start to try and revive him, and then Dwight just gets in there. He mounts him. Like, he just gets over the top of him and starts doing some intense CPR. I do like that he has the wherewithal to put a, a, a barrier between his mouth and Bobby's mouth. Like, he's like, rips off part of his shirt. Yeah, I wanted to, to know why that was. Was that just because he didn't look, want to look like he was making out with this, this, this man? I don't know. I have a CPR barrier from, from what I, you know, I'm CPR certified for work. So. Oh, okay. I have it, but a lot of times they're like, just do the CPR. <laughs> right. Have you seen Baywatch? Uh, just do it. And it really looks like this guy is touch and go for a moment. Even Ross is like, just stop, Dwight. He's dead. Just let him die. <laughs> <laughs> we, no one here knows Bobby. We're fine. <laughs> it's okay. Although I think I think he may be one of Zachy's kids because the way Zachy is reacting is like a grave like we know Zachary's got nine more so i mean this i mean well eight more if this was one of his own because he already lost uh, one <laughs> i thought he had 10 total yeah eight more yeah but uh, dwight revives him i think it goes to show like yeah the they cost up some blood and then get a blanket yeah. i mean it speaks to the D- dwight's desperation that he just pretty much brought this guy back to life demelza calls him a miracle worker and dwight's like i wish <laughs> if only uh, These are but, the miracle workers. Yeah, it's crazy what those mines and the 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 flooding though. You just wonder like how many people just died from that. Probably was, a lot. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping like you know if they hadn't recovered Francis's body, would his body just float by down there as they're getting? Out? Yeah, I thought there was going to be some riff on Francis dying in the water, but then again, there's some they, that wasn't a that wasn't like a flooded area. Flooded area that was the wet area. Yeah. And what, what do you think happens in Wheel Kitten with all those little cats down there? Do they they like, get out of there? They climb, They can climb. Okay. All right. And they hate water, so they're probably skittering out of there. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Um. Anyways, though, so we <laughs> cut to Ross reading books about how did this happen? How, how do mines flood? 
Um, He's like, I should have read this book yesterday. (laughs) Truly. He's like asking Demelza, am I a bad person? Because apparently, like they say, there's a high chance of you potentially causing for for flooding when you like try to add areas or move into new areas of the mine, a new addit to watch out for water pouring in and, and you know, I think the book even says, like, unless you really want money, don't worry about it. <laughs> if you really want the money. And he just wonders if he's bad. And Demelza's is like, no, you're not that bad. No one died. Yeah, and in fairness, he has been away for a while. As uh, as they said last week, he's he's uh, he's out of touch. And, no, and they mean no disrespect. But Zaki and Sam and whoever's up top, Demelza even... They should have the wherewithal. I mean, collectively, Ross should as well. But the group on the whole, you know, it's blame all of them or blame none of them. Yeah. And and now Ross himself is falling out of touch with Parliament because he's been gone for so long. Oh, yeah. Falmouth is like, yeah, bro, time to come home, man. Yeah, he sends him a note saying you're going to have to toe the line when you get back, bro. And then I like that Ross in the ultimate Ross move is like looking at Demelz. He's like, Why? What if I just don't go back? And she's like, these people literally elected you to be in there. <laughs> Everyone's relying on you. I, I thank God Demelza was consistent with that. Because part of me was thinking she would be on team, keep the family together. And it's, she pushed it, him so hard to go for that, for the moral reasons, that if she was not in favor of it, I would have been upset. It's it's interesting too because early in this episode she says like I can sit in and watch the mine while you're gone, you know. And he keeps saying well, above grass. Yeah, but now they really don't even address what's going on with the mine. <laughs> they talk about the damage though and the amount of time it's going to take to fix. Right, and people are out of work, and and you know we see a point of fr- frustration where Ross is taking a walk with Dwight and just destroys a fence of George's because he can. I like that little moment where he says, I'm the PM here, or I'm the MP here, so Mm -hmm. what's he going to do? Yeah, that's true. He's got some power for a second. Well, I guess, you Uh, know, you fire Tom Harry, you lose your groundskeeper, so of course the perimeter is going to look a little funky. But... Yeah, we don't really know what's going to go go on with the mine at this point because it pretty much is just left at like the people are just going to be out of work for months, and now Ross or is they're going to be working, and there's no resources. I think that's the right. bottom line. There's not going to be that, there's not going to be any money coming in really. Yeah, he said if they're just getting up water and mud. Yeah, and uh, that that's I mean that's it for Ross. He he just gets on his horse to to ride back to London, which. We've only seen them riding carriages to London. It just makes me wonder, how is it going to be for that ride? That's got to be a long ride on a horse for him to well, take. I don't think he's going direct to London. I feel like he's just you going think? to the, the, the carriage station. And he's just going to leave his horse there the whole time? Maybe they'll put his horse on the ensemble to bring him to London. Nah, you don't just leave your horse there for that long time. No, you're, the horse jumps on and helps pull the carriage. And when you get to oh. London, that's his horse. Okay, because I was thinking, you like, seen man, Red Dead Redemption? He just whistles from off screen, and it comes running the through. Horse shows up. <laughs> I just like the idea or the image of Ross arriving in London after having rode his horse for so many hours or days, like and he's just weeks. waddling around. <laughs> yeah, I can't walk, guys. I've been riding my he's horse all for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's entirely bow-legged. I can't help it, Ross. What happened to you? Like I should have um, fast traveled here. Yeah, but if you're connecting the dots, things are not going well. Things could get even worse for Ross because 
Wetworth is still he's collected more information from the man who was dying, dying who embezzled funds uh, from Pasco's bank. Gives the exact list of people he he embezzled funds from. Doesn't look mm-hmm. like Ross's name is on the list, but I mean, Pasco is one of the people who helps to fund Ross when he needs help or anything like that. And it's his nest egg, as uh, yeah, as the war leggings say. And so now they're teeing up for George to potentially buy that out, and. Hard times could be ahead for Ross and company. Will it go that far? I mean, I guess the show literally killed a baby. So, two babies. I mean, things are cruising right along for George. He was already making plans last episode of uh, owning some land, uh, uh, owning a borough to then force out a a member of parliament to take over one of the positions. Mm Mm-hmm. And... He kind of just does that over these scenes, like over multiple scenes. Here. Yeah, he, no, he, no. He brings him one of the people there <laughs> and says, like, hey, I want to take over this land. And Elizabeth is beaming. Elizabeth is so excited to see this happen. So strange she's into this, but she is. Yeah, I was I was curious about this, Elizabeth's reaction. And I, I, I think it's like, is, does she, is she, like, happy that George is getting power? Mm-hmm. Or does she just have a bunch of unresolved issues with Ross in a way that Ross has sort of sort of come to terms with all this stuff about Elizabeth she has yet to come to terms with him and she just wants revenge it's entirely possible yeah or is she just high on uh, whatever's in her drinks it could be a, a combo of all those things it could be I mean I just don't I, I've yet to be given any sort of reason that she actually loves George and I feel like this is a yeah. big change of character for her to just be pleased with his success. She, you know, when she was with Francis, she was never materialistic and trying to build an empire. Mm-hmm. So it just seems very out of character for her to turn. So not, I guess, suddenly is the wrong word, but emphatically, it's a it's a tricky uh, tightrope she has to walk as a as a character there to be to buy into all this. But you know, going through with it. Uncle Kerry's really ecstatic about them closing on this bank early in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but everything is going George's way. Like, he's going to be a member of Parliament because he owns it by the end of this episode. And he's also kind of teeing up a, a character shift where he says he's he's a son of a blacksmith. And, and Elizabeth's oh, like... Oh, gimmick change. No, you're not. And he's like, I denied it my whole life. <laughs> oh, grandson. 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 But, but he he's is. Changing, he's controlling his narrative. He said that he's... He was kind of the the money guy, but then old money gave him the boot from Parliament, Mm -hmm. even though that's obviously not the actual case. And now he's saying, all right, let's play into the narrative that I'm a man of the people. Yeah. No, you're not, George. Nope. Blacksmith's boy. And he owns all St. Michael. He's he's got everything in line to get what he wants. Kind of actually draws like... A direct correlation to politics today. That I think what they're doing there a little bit, where you know these people who come for money try to position themselves as an everyman, when really they're just selling you a bunch of snake oil. They're not who they they claim to be. Yeah, well, he's trying to be a Lord Falmouth or a um, Francis mm-hmm. um, Bassett, yeah. where he just wants people to enact his will. You know, he's kind of like yeah. just a uh, what do you call those organizations that influence the politicians? The super oh. PACs or whatever. He's like one of those. Yeah, a lobby party. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's funny because he, he says um, 
that Falmouth must not be pleased with Ross not doing his bidding of being around. And then Elizabeth retorts, uh, did you ever do Bassett's bidding? <laughs> and then George, yeah, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. You're right. Uh, but, yeah, George is doing just fine. Mm-hmm. So that's going on. Yeah, and then we have a brief moment where after Sam says his bad prayer and Ross brings up Emma, the clock is up. The time is up. Emma's back. And she's got some bad news for our boy, Sam. She's engaged. Yeah. She, she this thought... Is a, this is a baffling scene. I thought this was handled very poorly. <laughs> Yeah, she just comes in out of nowhere because, like, she said she was just going to go find herself for however long she was going to be gone for. Yeah, take just, a job as a, a handmaid or something like that or a lady's maid. Yeah, and and Sam is just warming himself up after surviving that flooding, and she just walks in off screen and says, oh, hey, by the way, I met this other guy, Artnell, that I'm going to marry, and uh, you were a little too godly for me. Tom Harry was a little bit too lowly for me. This guy's just right. Uh, but then she she says something like, "Well, know that I I don't love him the way that I love you." Like, yeah, are you serious? Don't, huh? There was nothing there to even like assume that she, he would have her heart. I think she may be just telling him that to to make him feel better, but don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it, and I don't care. Also, where's Thali? Yeah, where's her dad? Yeah, you think her dad That's wants a- her marrying the preacher? Right? Does he approve of this? The Methody preacher, I believe uh, Drake refers to the Methodists as, or he says to Rosina, mm-hmm. hey, are you Methody? Like, are you one of yeah. us? Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, she, 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 we'll probably never see her again. That's it for her. Yeah, I think that's it for her. I'm a bye. Yeah. And, and I'm sure Thali is happy that she's marrying some other guy that's not. I wonder if that was a contractual dispute or a... No, I looked up the Thing actress. The She's uh, retired from acting right now. So, Okay. Well, I wonder if it was in the book or they just didn't want to pay her. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she just was like, you know what? I don't like this storyline. I'm quitting acting altogether. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to play a floozy who's a, one over a, a tent preacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, Dave, as you were saying, though, we got our boy uh, Drake also walking around. And he's kind of like giving eyes back to Rosina, who was looking at him last episode. And he's not thrilled about it, but... Mm-hmm. Take I think he's... Get. Yeah, and and Demelza seems to be kind of pushing them in a certain direction. There's chores that are two-person chores that she's doing alone, and... and I didn't this is all that, kinds of uh, silly. I didn't realize Rosina was in, like, season two for several episodes. Like, she's the, the daughter of... Uh, she's one the one of the with other... the limp that uh, Dr. Right. Dwight corrects. Exactly. And then that they, they assume he was shacking up with her because she was, like, very friendly to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair she assumption, considering what he did before. Yep. But Drake and her are getting along, and Sam's all kind of, like, sad and stuff. And Drake just says, like, hey, man... I got over uh, what's her face, Morwenna, or he doesn't say that, but he's like, "I'm working doesn't, things out, bro. You can't too." <laughs> doesn't Sam say like, "Don't you lo- do you love Rosina?" And he's like, "No." And Sam again is like, "Dude, enough. This yeah. girl is married with kids, dude." Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
you know, he's moving on to greener pastures. Maybe Rosina will work out for him. Or maybe Rosina will work out for Sam. Who maybe. knows? That wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Drake is much more outwardly romantic. If I'm Demelza, I'm trying to find a man for Sam. I don't. I think Drake will be fine. Drake is showing also, his emotions. Sam is Drake, kind of... Well, Drake is also just like keeping busy doing dumb stuff like wrestling with children. That That's where we see that, yeah, he's wrestling with the pol- the Poldark children where like Prudy's on the beach drinking, uh, you know, next to Sam and stuff and Garrick's there and they're drinking, watching him fight. Yeah, I feel like Sam is more of a lost cause romantically yeah. because of, maybe it's because of his religion. But I feel like Drake is, is, is in a rut, but he's a working he's man. He's a contributing member of society. Yeah. I got no worry. I, I, long term, I don't worry for Drake. I think he'll find the right girl. Yeah. yeah and you know what's kind of funny, though? We, we have Jeffrey Charles around for this episode before he is sent back up to London. And, and Elizabeth even suggests, like, oh, if you get it back into London, we can see Jeffrey Charles more often, which George doesn't thrill about. George is like, we have our own kid. Yeah. And he's the but, freak uh, who doesn't like gold that much. Right. But Jeffrey Charles, he sees his old governess. He sees Morwenna. And legit, he looks older than her now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they aged up Jeffrey Charles a little too fast. He looks older than Morwenna. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in my head I said, oh no, or is this supposed to be something? Is there an internet fandom that chips Jeffrey Charles and Morwenna? <laughs> not not impossible. Entirely entirely could happen. I mean, Anakin and Padme, big age, you know, age difference in that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and we even see like Jeffrey Charles seeing Drake and he says, you know, maybe we should be strangers now, you know, move on with our lives. Also... It's I, so I thought Drake handled that scene very well. Where Drake's like, "Yeah, I'm not like one of your rich friends who can, you know, strut about London and be this kind of guy." And and Jeffrey Charles is like, "Well, you're always gonna be my man." Drake's yeah. like, "Okay, cool." You know, like Drake's not a total pushover towards him, no, status wise. I, and it's funny because I think in that scene, Drake conveys some maturity that's not written on his face necessarily because he looks so young and considering how they portrayed Drake as like this kind of naive boy last last year season where he's like unleashing frogs and toads uh, on George he's growing up a little bit and he has to grow up because theoretically he's supposed to be five years older than Jeffrey Charles even though he hasn't aged a day since last season <laughs> hey he's he's looking just fine <laughs> yeah so um yeah Drake is moving on he, he'll be busy with him uh, Rosina, but Morwenna is home. Things aren't going great for her still. Yeah, uh, Ozzy wants to have her committed for not performing her wifely duties. Conjugal duties. I've not heard the word conjugal so much uh, outside of any prison drama. Like, it just all the time, conjugal duties. <laughs> and as a right, priest yeah. saying it. <laughs> yeah, the vicar. Um,. But I mean, we we start this episode off and like, he he's he's meeting with Rowella, he's he's getting with her. Mm-hmm. Paying her to keep quiet. That's right. Because like her her roof is leaking, nothing's going right for her, so she's using them. And he walks out of there, and then we see the guy that Rowella had married 
walk we by. We see Elizabeth afterwards. first. Yeah, Elizabeth runs into Whitworth. Which is a follow-up on the fact that um, Ozzy's mother is is hiring and firing all of these ladies' maids. And Elizabeth says, can't we just get one of your sisters to do this? And mm-hmm. is like, I don't know. I don't think so. It's not my decision. So then Elizabeth takes it upon herself to go see Rowella, where she sees Whitworth leaving. And yep. then the awkward ginger, Arthur, is right behind him, and he sees Whitworth leaving. He's not doing well. No. No, he, he's like, oh, something's going on here with Rowella. Which, again, I don't understand Rowella's plan of marrying this guy. I guess she must have actually been into him. I don't know. She seems very underdeveloped for having such uh, influence over Whitworth and everything going on. Yeah, she definitely has a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She has a lot of independence and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, like volition on her side. She's very driven, but yeah. she seems a little half-baked. Yep. She feels like a Julian Fellows, um, kind of one of those divisive female characters, like um, the school teacher that, that Tom Barrow is kind of dating yeah. and what's the other one who the is the maid yeah the temptress hey, yeah temptress in the gilded age she's very much that character here yeah so um whitworth speaks to dwight about her refusal of conjugal duties can she be sent to the asylum which i thought was pretty extreme when he introduced this idea uh and dwight who's already in a bad place is just like Dude, if it came to incarcerating a wife, if that's a delicate position and you need a physician support, I'm not giving it. Yeah, and so, and, and what Whitworth says the only reason he needs his physician's uh, opinion is because as a preacher, he just can't be under that kind of scrutiny. Right, that's what it is. Right, because people will start to question what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he calls in Choke, Dr. Choke, to give an opinion. And Choke says, I, I can't do this one on my own. Yeah, I need someone else we, to come in. It, we do see that Choke is willing to agree with with uh, Dwight. And and he's like, dude, she's not doing her conjugal duties. Yeah. And and it, I'll go with you on this one. But come on, man. That's enough reason to have her committed. And Dwight's like, are you out of your mind? Are there like only two like uh, <laughs> doctors in the whole town? Like what is going on? Yeah, go out of county. Go talk to George yeah. about getting another one of his family doctors or something. I mean, they do mention that she is on her fourth house housewife uh, housewife at this point. And that's but we of see that mother. That's what choice. she says. Yeah, the Mrs. Lady Whitworth is that, making that decision, not her. Yeah, but it, it's funny though because like when Dwight comes in there and is like, uh, "I must," it, I I don't think we can say that Morwenna or is going crazy, and then <laughs> Whitworth walks in preposterous. Uh, and he makes a good point. Like the king is being found guilty of this stuff too. Is that is that mm-hmm. madness presenting him? Is it like is he? Oh yeah, just as bad I, as your she wife? says that madness is is Satan possessing mm-hmm. her. Yeah, he says. Oh, so you say the king is 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 possessed by Satan, God's Cause, messenger, right? Because the whole her mentioning that she would kill her child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so funny because Whitworth seems to be convinced that he could get her back to doing her conjugal duties when he talks to like her sister. Like you know, as soon as your sister gets back to pleasuring me, everything well, will be okay. He's just uh, he's rationalizing totally, there. Yeah, but I think he's still try, going to probably try and push forward with 
institutionalizing. If Choke won't sign off and Dwight won't sign off, I don't know. It seems like he's going to keep trying to push this. I don't think... I think what the the people that saw him doing what he was doing with Rowella, I think there's going to be some hell to pay for Ohazi Whitworth very soon. Right, because you can't just simply run off with Rowella because she's married and all that. Yeah, yeah. And he does also, there's a moment where where Dwight is like, hey, I just need to talk to talk to Morwenna alone. And Ozzy's like, no, no, you can't. Yeah. This guy is... And she does, he does talk to her, and he's like, you're not crazy, right? She's like, no, I'm not crazy. Okay. She's like, okay. She's like well, do you want anything to do with this guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, everyone's like, this guy is strange, right? Yeah, yeah, he is pretty strange. Yeah, everybody hates him. You know, like, George hates <laughs> him. I think his mom hates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is this episode of Poldark, pretty much. I think we covered all the broad strokes. Yeah. Yeah, so bottom line, she's not going to, not going away yet. No. There was a moment where Ross is staring at a portrait of Armitage in this episode. Just really intensely. <laughs> yeah, and then Falmouth comes and he's like, you know, there's some people in your family that really liked liked uh, my my nephew. And, and he's like, specifically your wife. So you can kind of yeah. see where Ross is coming from when he can't quite come to terms with the fact that the ghost is gone, you know? Everyone keeps reminding him about Armitage. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, I'm here. I'm dealing with mine issues. I got to go back and be a, a, you know, a parliament member. Like, keep this session. the guy who who banged my wife out of your mouth. Like, please. <laughs> Don't need that. Do not need that at all. Well, this was an okay episode, I think. It was pretty heavy. It's hard to call it one of the best ones. I feel like this is like the tilt. Yeah. Things We're going to start seeing the season shift and, and really find its own. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of this, the drama here is early season, sort of la- end of last season, kind of coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And the I will say that the flooding scene was pretty well done. That was pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, because it, it ramped up the intensity. Because at first I was like, "How is this? How much water is it that it's going to flood this giant mine?" Mm-hmm. And then it was a lot. It, it and it slowly built. It wasn't like all of a sudden it's like a flash flood. It did part of, slowly become more full of water. Part of me wondered, like, if they just stayed in that hole, would they just float to the top at some point? <laughs> Whoever was. I don't know. I think you need yeah. to really stay on. on t- I think the, they're too narrow for you to be somewhere right. without water hitting your face. Yeah. Well, that's this week in Poldark. We got power rankings, though. Mm-hmm. Who do you got going down? Well, number one going down, I got to say Number three going down. <laughs> it's, it's Ross at number three going down. Okay. The guy just lost his mind. Specifically his mind, not his mind, his mind. And uh, he's late to work up in Parliament. Uh, just not a great week for him, honestly. You know? No. Nope. Still questioning his wife. That makes sense. Well, number they ho- three. They hook up this episode, oh. though, right? Again? Yeah, I think they're, yeah. they end the episode basically in the same... They end the episode being happy physically. And then they're like, can we be- keep being... The next episode begins with them saying, can we continue being this happy? And they go, I don't think so. Yeah, and then they're angry at each other on and off the whole episode. And then they end the episode happy. Yep. 
Well, who's well, going down, down for you, number three? I got Sam because this boy, sad boy, he's taking a position of power at the mine. So this flood affects him. Uh, this whole thing with Bobby clearly is affecting him. And as soon as he gets a moment away, his girlfriend, who said she was going to take a year to figure out whether or not she wanted to be with him, comes home and says, no, I don't want to be with you. Yeah, That's a big I hit. long enough. <laughs> that is tough. That is tough. Yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, he'll get over it, whatever. He was never really in love with this girl. <laughs> well, at number two, I got the local miners. These people are out of work all of a sudden, or they're not going to be getting paid well enough, and they got to get that thing out of there, they get the water out of there. It's just not good for them in terms of work. All right. Part of <laughs> me thinks that we'll figure, like, I think we're, it's too early to tell. There might be gold on the other side of that. Like what they're going to do. Well, I mean, they, they're kind of questioning. Like, we have yet to resolve okay. what's going to happen here. Well, number two, I, I got Ross for all the reasons you said. This boy, Mr., you know, Captain Ross is floundering right now because this was his master plan. It floods. He's still uneven with his wife. He's got to go back to Parliament. He's doubting his power there. Just not a good week for Ross. No. But you know who's having a worse week, though? His best boy, Dwight. <laughs> It, you got him riding hard. solo here? Uh, yeah, because I, well, I, th- I thought long and hard about Car- Caroline, and the thing about her is she never really wanted the baby in the first place. She only mm-hmm. came around to it, and then when the baby passed away, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to London. I can deal with this. I think there's a lot of shame there, though, because I think she said that in that speech that she has where she's in the, the carriage talking to Dwight and saying, like, you know, I was never meant to be a mother, but I did that to you, and look what happened, and... It all, I think it all kind of, I have them both at the number one spot because I think they both carry their guilt and weight in, in, in different ways. I mean, on top of that too, Dwight has to keep working this whole episode as well. <laughs> you can't stop. I think he's actually in like more scenes than Ross's episode, Dwight. Like this is very heavy on him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's going down. But who, who's going up for you, Dave? Well, going up the ladder, it's Bobby. He didn't know who he was last week. That's true. This is one of those the saddest episodes of this show. And Bobby lives. Bobby makes it out in one piece. I mean, kudos to Bobby and, and, and Dwight and they all got, for helping him. They got him a blanket. R- Ross would have let him die if he could have. Yeah, Ross would have <laughs> killed him. He was so close to coming back, and Ross is like, no, 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 don't don't nah, let him die. <laughs> Pull the plug. Yeah. <sighs> Tough beat there for Ross. Well, number three, I got Rowella. She's doing what she needs to do to uh, fix the hole in the roof, you know? She's working. Her husband's not making that money at the library. Not a good, not a solid career. No. But who's number two for you, Dave? I got Morwenna because she dodges the bullet. Her man's trying to get her put in an institution. And mm-hmm. she, she's not only has the reasonable doctor, but when... Ozzy goes to get the quack doctor and, and choke, the one who can be easily paid off and persuaded by money. Even Dr. Choke can't can't put her away, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I know well, that things aren't great for her, but things are looking up. Yeah. Well, similarly, I, number two, I got Drake. This boy is mm-hmm. just, you know, he, he's romancing. He's not worrying anymore about his girl Morwenna. Like well, I they think do, he is. <laughs> they he is, but they even do the cut of like him playing around with the kids to like 
her trapped with Whitworth's home or whatever, you know. So he's making he's putting his best foot forward, you know. Mm-hmm. There you go. The number number one has got to be George. He just like oh yeah ducks and dodges all the drama this episode and just buys a burrow. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing as last week. This guy he, he's enacting this plan that he came up with on the fly and he's doing just fine. He's so, just winning. All, all the more power to George. Ross does not know what's about to hit him. So, yeah, I wonder if Ross has a comeback. Ross is definitely not ready for this. It would be hilarious if George still loses in his county, even after like making all these changes. Like people just don't trust him. Well, he's not going to be in Parliament. He's just going to be the influencer. I don't know the, the way he had the guy step down. He could be in there. They may because I think the way they're positioning it is like. He's going up to London by the end of the episode, and Ross is uh, delayed, but he's going back up there at the same time. So it's going to be something. They're going to start the next episode, and it's going to be something where they walk in there like, oh, you're here now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We, yeah we'll I guess see. so. We'll see. We'll probably be at the top of the episode that George is already inducted and stuff, and everything's moving along. Yeah. Either I mean, he's definitely going to have a hand, but I'm I'm curious as to what it is. I do like George's lesson to Valentine this episode about like what is worth this, more of this like this is the best or, coin. Yeah. Gold. Oh, it weighs more. Got it. That's why it's worth more. Mm-hmm. So that is Pole Dark. Uh Dave, you been watching anything else? Well, you said it in the beginning. I love is blind after the altar. What did you think, Dave? It was fine. I mean, I wanted a lot more. They messed up. They obviously messed up. They they did it too soon. And they missed out on all the drama. Like so we get a brief update on where the couples are. Uh the two married of the two married couples, one is on the rocks, Ayana and Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh and some people are not eager to see each other again, but they have this weekend uh getaway for Natalie's birthday. And there's a whole bunch of drama around who's showing up and who's showing up with who and stuff. And then we get a, a brief post-mortem on that. And it's like, well, everyone's happy. They literally end it with everyone's happy. And then we get the briefest of brief postscripts where you couldn't even barely pause it. Like, oh, by the way, the two married couples got divorced recently or separating. <laughs> Bye-bye. I was thinking when we when I started watching it, I, I, I said, you know, we did a whole Patreon episode about this show. This yeah. is great. This is more content for us to give to the patrons. There's not enough it meat fizz- on the bone. No, it fizzles out. I was jacked up in that first episode when, like, Shane and Jared and, like, uh, Sal are at the bar just, like, catching up and stuff. I was like, this is what it's about. <laughs> I oh, want to yeah. see more of this. And, and uh, yeah. Shayna bringing the heat. Dude, she's a character. I mean, what what side are you on? Are you on Team Shayna and Shane or, or Natalie? Oh, Shayna and Shane. You're at on Team point. Shayna and Shane. At this point, yeah. Because I, I think... I think that- I think Shane has an undiagnosed developmental disability. Sure. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched the show. Yeah. I think I think Shane is probably the safest of the bunch, although it takes two to the tango. And like as much as they, they say like nothing was happening there, they know that what they they had a spark and, and there's something that's not right. Like you can't just say like you're entirely That's like, why I thought there was gonna be more to the show instead of, I know. And, and no and shake. She, no shake. Apparently, he, they, he said uh, after the way he saw he was edited, he didn't want to come back. It's like, dude, you said all those things that were horrible. <laughs> you did this to yourself. And wouldn't he want that? That's like infamy. Yeah. 
honestly. And, and the the Deep D and Kyle thing is just like, yeah, they're boring. Let them have each other. Well, Deep D was one of the fan favorites. She wrote a book, like you said. But I think that's now. the one low-key thing about the show is that actually all the people are kind of boring, ex- except for, like, Shane. <laughs> uh, well, Shane maybe, is insane. Yeah, Shane's insane. And, and Jarrett is a little bit interesting, but you can kind of figure out what his issue is. He just won't stop clubbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was Shane, it was not as it was better than, it, rather the ultimatum was better, but this was not as good as the original episodes. Yeah, d- definitely not. And, and what'd you think of Sal's girlfriend? Oh, she was insufferable. Well, Sal's terrible too. I never liked oh Sal. Oh gosh, yeah, terrible. Get rid of them both. Uh, but I would watch a whole show about these characters. I'm that invested in these people's lives. They don't even have to interact with each other all the time. Just just keep it going. Yeah, keep the cameras on them for another month or two. Check in. I need to see why Nick and Danielle broke up. They seem to be doing just fine. Yeah, they <laughs> should come back right. next week for the 90s theme party. Seriously, let's go. I, I, even if they did an update now, I'd still watch. It's missed opportunity there. Well, I mean, isn't there a whole like world of club gigs in Chicago hosted by these people? We just I need to book a long weekend in Chicago and go to like deep, deep, you know, at the, the Champagne Club and get, yeah. get the Lords of Grantham a, a booth. That'd be fun. And we'll say hi yeah. to her. You know, you know what that, that these episodes made me uh, reminisce for is just like times when we'd have like huge group parties. I feel like we haven't had a huge one in a while where everyone just shows up and just hangs out. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a great postscript of uh, the couple cleaning up and they're like, this is terrible. There's food everywhere. There's yeah. trash everywhere. I know. I miss that. I miss <laughs> leaving that mess. That was a good mess to leave. Yeah. But I think we can wrap it there for this week. Yeah, that's now it's time for us to clean up our mess and get out of here. Yeah, you know where to find us. We got the whole archive on our Podbean website. You can find all of our episodes on Spotify and iTunes as well. Leave a five-star ratings and review if you so choose. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up at Gmail, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. We have our Patreon, too, where we'll have another bonus episode coming at some point. Not and Love is Blind, Grantham unfortunately. Bar. What's that? <laughs> Not a Love is Blind coverage. Not Love is Blind. Uh, no. not, uh, not because of us. But you can always join our Lords of Grantham Lounge as well. Uh, but that is it and all for this week. So isn't next week is our week off? We're taking a week off next week. I, I will Corey's be going to Europe. Out. Yeah, I'm going to Germany. So long. <laughs> so we'll be back in two weeks. We're going to take a little, uh, little bit of a reprieve mm-hmm. halfway through this season of Poldark. So we'll be back when we're back. Yep. See you then.